0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Laura Noel about slowing down for greater impact in your personal, family, and professional life. Laura Noel, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I am thrilled to be sitting down with you today. We're going to have a lovely conversation as we talk about slowing down in life, taking time to go through that introspection and self-reflection. I suppose the end of a year, the start of a new year is always a good time to go through this process, Um, and and it's generally good health practice anyways, in terms of physical mental health to to try to do that. Uh, But we're going to frame this out in terms of specifically how we can slow down to create greater impact in our personal family and professional life. And maybe that sounds counterintuitive to people. We hear so much about go, 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 go. And in the West, particularly in Western culture, you know, it's all about being busy and having more to do more on your plate, more on your calendar. And so this idea of slowing down for greater impact may seem odd to people, Um, but I know you have a lot of great insights to share on this, and we're going to unpack that and and try to have a better understanding of of how and why this is going to help us to be more successful, more impactful. As we get started, I wanted to share Laura's bio with everybody. Laura Noel is an executive business and personal development consultant who works with organizations and individuals to help streamline business processes while maximizing profits. She helps clients stretch their thinking in a way that opens them up to new possibilities. Prior to becoming an entrepreneur and CEO of her own company, Laura studied and taught personal growth, change management, and leadership for over 27 years while serving in the United States Air Force. She has helped solidify goals and improve corporate culture within government agencies, the Department of Defense, and construction technical insurance and sales organizations. What a tremendous background. It's a thrill to have you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your personal context before we dive on in?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, I have been studying what I teach. So everything that I share with people, everything that I guide clients through are practices and things that I have put myself through, that I've been coached through as well. So um, you're learning from my lessons in this, and um, I'm I'm just really excited to share because it's my life is in a complete 180, learning these principles and these concepts that I now teach.
0: Well, that's really interesting. If you don't mind me zooming in on that a little bit to the extent sure. you're comfortable, uh, yeah. can you describe that a little bit for us? The, the 180 piece, like where were you? Why, and how, you know, why did you feel the need to, to pull that 180 and where has it brought you?
1: Yeah, so snapshot in time in my Air Force career. I was uh, getting promoted very quickly to the top ranks. I rose to the top 1% in the enlisted ranks. I was leading different projects and organizations. Wow. I was um, taking care of my father who was terminally ill while going through for advanced degrees. Um, I was running marathons. I was doing that Kona half Ironman. And every time I climbed a mountain, it seemed Um, I just, it seemed like I had this insatiable desire to achieve more, have more, do more buy more, but it was never enough. I never felt that fulfillment. And as a result, even though from the outside looking in, it looked like I had it all together and I was, you know, on the, the path to success and achieving it. I didn't really have close relationships. I remember talking to a girlfriend of mine, who is a really close friend now, but back then we were kind of close acquaintances, but she was the closest kind of um, to a friend that I had. And I just said, when is it going to be enough? I'm exhausted. When am I going to be enough? And I realized in that moment, in my mind, I would never be enough. There was something missing. And I was looking outside of myself for that fulfillment. And I was always in the grind. And I was searching for something, and I found my coach and mentor. And once I started working with him, um, I just learned the art of allowing and of slowing down. I realized that I had infinite potential inside of me, and the answers that I was was seeking were inside of me, and not out there. And that's when things really shifted for me.
0: It's really beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that, and I have to admit. Much of what you just said really resonates with me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: you know, I I, I think, you know, I try to be mindful. I try, you know, I actually, you know, consider myself an aspiring minimalist, not just in terms of stuff, things, but in terms of kind of the clutter of life. Um, but that's not something that comes naturally to me. Uh, and I don't know if it's a matter of, like you said, you, you know, a matter of like trying to prove myself to others and or to myself, that I have worth, that I have value, that I'm worthy of other people's love and attention and those sorts of things. I'm not sure all of kind of the, the psychological background to all of that, but I know that much of what you just said resonates with me. I, su- I suspect it'll resonate with a lot of listeners, uh, so I appreciate you sharing that. And it's not to say that we can't have goals and ambitions and we can't strive uh, to, to accomplish things in life. But the the question becomes: if if your sole focus is to continually be hitting the next thing, you're never you're always going for the next thing. You've never arrived. You've right. never given yourself the opportunity to to relish in the achievements. Uh, and I think the 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 most important and impactful thing you just said to me uh, was the close friendships piece. Uh, exactly. Having having lots of close acquaintances. That's nice. Having colleagues that you appreciate and who appreciate you. That's nice. But we all, we all need at least, you know, a few close friends that we can lean on, rely on, be vulnerable with. And when we don't have that, the world is a very lonely place and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how resilient we are and how tough we are. We can be super tough. You were doing Ironman races and such. You're super tough, but that still takes a toll. And we all, were social creatures, social animals, and we need that connection.
1: Absolutely. And I was surrounded by people. I was in the midst of everything that was happening. Um, but every time I reached an accomplishment or a goal, I, I remember, I, you know, even finishing the half Ironman and it was really hot that day. It was insane. And it, and it was like eight hours. And I thought, oh, I thought I'd finish in seven. I never enjoyed those accomplishments. I had never done anything like that before. Um, But once I learned, even on a basic level, how to set goals, it's not that I don't have goals. It's that my goals are much bigger and I've redefined what success looks like. It's not, success is not reaching the goal. Success is who I get to become on the way to the goal. And so our minds typically will only allow us to set goals we know we can achieve, which is why from the outside looking in, it seemed like I was doing a, a big thing. But I, but to me, I knew that I had so much more within me. Uh, but now when I set goals, it's a bigger vision. And I'm guessing at the timeline, but my mind, I like that you said, we're clearing the clutter. My mind is less cluttered with all of these goals that are shooting off in different directions. So I might have mini goals or, um, you know, places that I want to target on the way to that bigger vision, but they're not, and my energy is not diffused.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. So I I think that lays a really great foundation for what we're going to be talking about for the rest of our time together today. Um, And I appreciate your sharing that and being vulnerable because, again, I think it certainly resonated with me. I think it'll resonate with a lot of listeners uh, who who find ourselves in the grind. Um, And I know one of the things you talk a lot about is kind of the myth that more is more uh, multitasking, being in the midst of the grind, you know, showing up before the boss gets there, staying late, you know, working super long hours, constantly seeking new certifications, Uh, you know, just all the things um, that so many people find themselves in the trap of of being in. Um, Why do you call that a myth? Uh, A myth of more is more. And why is sometimes less actually more?
1: I think if we really sit down to think, we, we have to clear space in order for us to think. And mental activity is not thinking. Thinking is when we are We quiet down and we're actually reflecting. We're uh, listening to our intuition, our inner guidance system. We're using our imagination to imagine an outcome that we prefer to have or goals and, and really think about those things. We're not being triggered by external events, other people's comments, the actions of other people, but we're really tuned inward and deciding how to respond versus react. And I find, you know, my own personal story being the the self-proclaimed high overachiever, I was always looking for that next certification, that next degree. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, um, I, I'll give you an example. I remember when I started coaching and I was getting ready to retire from the military and I asked my coach, hey, you know what, there's this doctoral program that I'm thinking about going into, and this was around 2016. And um, it sounds really interesting. And he said, are you doing it because you think you need it? Or are you doing it because you want it? And my natural inclination was to be like a squirrel, you know, hoarding all the acorns, right, for the winter. I I I want all of the things, all of the certifications. I realized from him asking me that, that I was doing it because I didn't feel like I had enough. I had more than enough, you know, and my my business really took off. It's not until many years later, now that I'm in a doctoral program, but it's not because I think I need it, it's because I'm really, really interested in what I'm studying. So that's what I mean by thinking through things. If I had, you know, started a business, been new, a new entrepreneur, and going for a doctoral degree, and, you know, in the midst of retiring and moving, I would have been overwhelmed. I would have been um, life would have been leading me instead of me leading me in my life. And that's why it's so important to slow down. Doing more doesn't mean that you'll advance farther. Thinking and creating that space to do that will make sure, give you the opportunity to leverage the right opportunities at the right time, not all of the opportunities.
0: Yeah. And the reality is, no matter how productive we are, no matter how how hardworking we are, we all have finite time, finite attention, fi- finite energy, and we can't do everything. So even if you're really good at juggling things, and I, I consider myself a pretty good juggler, I can do lots of things, I, I like to do lots of things uh, to keep myself engaged and interested, but... I can still get overextended. And if I overextend myself, then my performance, not just in one area, but in all areas tends to decline. And so yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, we talk about, it, it used to be all the all the rage that everyone talked about uh, multitasking and more and more research started to come out and say, well, actually, if you're multitasking, you're actually just not functioning at peak level. (laughs) And so it's, it's more, it's more about focus, right? Having chunks of time to focus. And if you need to do different things, make sure you block out enough time because it takes time to rev up your focus and to really get in the zone. Uh, And then uh, it takes time to shift to the next thing. And if you're constantly switching back and forth, then inevitably you're wasting a lot of mental energy and, and you're just not going to accomplish as much, even if it feels good to us, it feels like we're accomplishing a lot because we're staying so busy.
1: Yep, that's the thing. Is like our mind is playing tricks on us, and we're thinking, "See, I'm getting all these things done." But then, if you really look to your results, are you creating what you want, what you truly desire? Are you serving at your highest potential? Do you really feel that? Um, and you're right. You know, shifting from one activity to the next, uh, you know, research has shown it takes about 17 minutes to switch gears. If you're always switching hats, you're wasting a lot of time in a day. And The other thing, too, that I noticed in myself and in my clients is when we're overextended, which, you know, it's in my DNA. I love doing a lot of things. I love learning. I I love growing. But when I catch myself being overextended, I notice it takes a toll in my attitude. So I'm not as enthused. Um, I'm thinking negative pole thinking and thoughts, and that's reflected in how I feel. And then that feeling impacts what i do you know you know whether i take on this project or take it on wholeheartedly whether i connect with my community in the way that i want to really tr- show up and and connect with people so it impacts us on so many different levels
0: and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Yeah, I love that so much. I I think that's just a lesson we need to learn and relearn over and over and over again. Uh, because it's just so so easy to really fall into the trap uh, of of this the grind and just being busy for busy's sake, and it feels good. It, it, we we get to demonstrate to people that we're busy, um, but you know I think the the pandemic has taught us many things. Uh, one of the things it has reinforced uh, in my mind is kind of the butts and seats mentality, seeming busy mentality. Like they they just aren't worth much. So everyone goes virtual or hybrid, and and people aren't all around together. And all of a sudden, it, it doesn't really become. It, it's it's not about going through the motions. Who's in the office more? Um, who's in more meetings? It's it's about who's producing, who's accomplishing stuff, right? And that has been a really fine focus for a lot of people. That's caused them to re- to to reassess like their processes and how they approach their daily life and their work and their balance between the two, the work life integration. And that's a healthy practice for us to go through, that's that, that uh, self-reflection. And and as we've done that, I think more and more people have started to shift their paradigm. They've started to adjust the way they're thinking. And that's, that's one of the big reasons why we're in the middle of this great resignation or the great awakening, as some have called it. it. People have just realized that what they were doing before doesn't seem to work for them anymore. It's not enriching them, fulfilling them the way they want to be enriched or fulfilled. Uh, maybe they're not doing the type of work they want to do. Uh, these are all good things for us to, to be able to recognize.
1: Absolutely. You know, I work with individuals and with teams, and some individuals are looking to reinvent themselves. And so they've taken this time to reflect. I, you know, when we're in busy mode all the time and it seems like we're doing things, it's kind of like we're getting that, that shot of enthusiasm, but we're not really fulfilled. We're kind of we're staying busy to sort of mask what's going on, and when we stop and have that time to reflect, um, that's when we can really start to to create change and create momentum in the direction we want to go. And so a lot of people I've noticed and worked with who are looking to maybe start their own company or become an entrepreneur, they're realizing having this time at home that they want to have a little more balance in their life, they're realizing what's most important to them. I mean, really, I've never heard of anyone saying at the end of their life, you know, I wish I worked more. They want to have more connection with people, the people who mean the most to them. They wish they would have gone on that trip or, you know, bought that car or done that epic adventure or, or left their legacy. Those are the things that they're really reflective about. But regardless of whether somebody's working in an organization or working for themselves, they, if they take the time to think and think about, well, what's worked well this year? What's gone well? What, what did I love about this year? What do I love about my work? Uh, What would I love to have more of? What did I love about being home more often? What kind of relationships did I get to cultivate? What kind of hobbies did I get to pursue? You know, you don't have to necessarily leave your job to create that for yourself. You don't have to become an entrepreneur. I've noticed people who've actually gotten clear on what would that look like in the context of my organization. And instead of throwing it on the organizational leadership, you should fix this. You know, we're, we're not satisfied. We want more balance. Well, what does that look like for you? You have to take responsibility and it requires you to think and get really reflective and actually write it out, map it out, have some solutions. Um, and I've worked with people who've surprisingly created that where they were working in an office and then they created the space where they were working in an office twice a week. And the rest of the time, you know, they were able to be home and they were single parents. And then they had that connection and they were there for the important moments and doing the work also that was important to them. So they created that for themselves and they were earning the income that they wanted to earn. So it wasn't at a a reduction in income level. So there's all kinds of stories out there. If you just really take the time and that could be your story. If you take the time to reflect and imagine what would this ideal situation look like? I love the company. I love the cause and the purpose that they're working towards. If only I could manifest it and create my working environment in this way and have this type of balance. Um, So that's what I think is a beautiful thing about having this time where people are not commuting back and forth to a job is they, they have the time to reflect on this.
0: There, there's no like one size fits all here. Um, everyone has different life context and circumstances, different types of jobs require different things. And so it's, it's, it's on the one hand, it's really easy for us to sit here and say, slow down, take time to reflect. Um, you may find yourself in a job, in a role where you just feel like you're going, going, going constantly and that you don't have a moment to stop and think. And I guess what I would suggest, if that if you find yourself in that kind of a situation, find even little tiny moments, you know, little snippets of time to be able to practice some deep breathing, calm down a little bit. And just even if it's just a couple minutes to just slow down and to think and then over time, you might start to find that you have bigger chunks of time. Um, Because it's amazing as you slow down, uh, as you uh, really take the time to think, It gives you the chance to be more strategic. It gives you the chance to develop more meaningful relationships of mutual accountability and trust. And when you do those two things, it actually starts to solve a lot of the like hectic stuff that we end up spending most of our days doing, especially as leaders. If you're in a situation where you're kind of in an environment where you're running around like a chicken with their head cut off, trying to put out fires all day long, chances are. If you can start slowly to build these opportunities to be more reflective, uh, you're going to find better ways to approach those things so you can be proactive rather than reactive. And then all of a sudden, you'll find yourself with more time to be more thoughtful, more strategic, more proactive, uh, and developing more meaningful relationships with those around you.
1: Absolutely. You know, there's um, an exercise that I take my clients through and, and teams And it really helps people think and tap into their intuition and their knowledge. Oftentimes, we'll seize other opportunities, not because we feel like it's the the best fit or we're aligned to it. We're seizing these opportunities because it's based on fear of losing out or missing out or having FOMO. But when you can really tap into asking yourself the question, what do I want? What do I want in my life or even in this situation or this challenge that I'm faced with? What do I want? How do I want it to pan out? And then if you take five minutes to just clear your mind, quiet down, and then just brainstorm all the ways that, you know, imagine the way the ideal situation, the way you want it to pan out, and then just brainstorm all the ways that you can strategize and make that happen, make that a reality. And if your mind brain goes to, well, that wouldn't work, or I don't have the time, or this person would never agree, get in the practice of saying to yourself next. So you're training your brain to only look for solutions that are aligned with the outcome that you just visualized. Your mind is such a powerful gift. If we take the time to utilize it in the way that it was designed to be used, your imagination is a God-given gift. So when we use it in that way, we can tap into our our intuition and we're aligned with it. And when we're making decisions, we'll be able to make decisions much quicker, making decisions that are in harmony with what you want, instead of making decisions based on mistakes you've made in the past, what somebody else said, other people's influence, the context of the situation. We're making decisions based on what we want, and that's going to help you move a lot farther faster.
0: Yeah. Amen. Very well said, Laura. It has been a real pleasure. I note the time I'm going to have to let you go here in a minute, but before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, you can find me at stretchintosuccess.com. You can also find my podcast, ratracereboot.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn. Just look for Laura Noel. You'll find me there. Message me. Let me know what you thought of the episode. I'd love to connect with you. Um, And honestly, carving the time out for yourself, it, it might seem counterintuitive. It might feel like you're being selfish, but actually when you do that, you're going to be able to serve people at a greater capacity and step into your highest potential. So claim that time for yourself, even if it's 15 minutes, first time, first you know, thing in the morning, claim that time for yourself, get consistent with it, plan your day, get clear, and you're going to be amazed over the next couple of weeks, over the next month, how much clearer, how much more focused you are and how much quick quicker you're able to make decisions and more effectively as well.
0: Yeah. I love it. Laura, thank you so much. It has been a real pleasure. You've given me a lot to think about and to noodle on over this holiday break. I'm super excited to go through the process myself. I encourage listeners to do the same, to reach out, to get connected with Laura, find out more about what she can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.